What had happened was we ended up right back where we started. Boom. Thanks for finding the What Had Happened Was podcast. It's me, Amelia Robinson from Dayton.com. I think you probably heard the lyrics, breaking up is hard to do. Well, that's true when it comes to romance and when it comes to breaking up a newsroom. But not all breakups leave you cowering in the corner, sobbing and sweating. Sometimes there's a light that leads you out of the dark and twisted tunnel to a really, really nice meadow where you can still publish seven days a week. And that brings us to today's podcast. The voice you just heard belongs to Jenna Collier, the newly minute publisher of a group of newspapers and news sites that includes Dayton Daily News, Dayton.com, Springfield News Sun, and the Journal News. Before a recent order that we'll get to in just a little bit, Jenna was also vice president over content for WHIO Radio and WHIO TV. But like I said, we're going to get to all that. In this super fun episode, yeah, it's fun. I'm telling you the truth there. We also talk about the future of journalism, the big plans Jenna has in store for the Dayton Daily News and our readers, why a Texas girl loves Dayton more than some natives do, Jenna's alter ego and her pop star dreams, and how our formerly combined newsroom came out swinging after last summer's tornadoes, mass shooting and KKK rally. The What Had Happened Was podcast is a product of Dayton.com. It is edited in the DATV studios here in Dayton, Ohio. If you like what you hear, rate and subscribe to the What Had Happened Was podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, and wherever else you find your favorite shows. Now, here's my chat with Jana Collier. So what have you been up to? Oh, really? Nothing. No, just kidding. Um, (laughs) As you know, the last year and a half has really been truly an incredible journey for all of us at Cox Media Group Ohio, but particularly for the newspapers. And in a nutshell, what happened was (laughs) um, Cox Enterprises, who had owned these companies since they started, really, put up the TV stations for sale. In Ohio, that included the newspapers and the radio stations because we were all together. That went on, that that process of looking for a buyer for the media group went on for a long time. And then they finally found a buyer and it was this company called Apollo Global Management. So that process was all happening. And then in the midst of all of that, there was this court ruling. Kind of complicated. I'm not going to get into all the details, but basically it was like, hey, because of this FCC rule that we think is the right rule, Apollo, you cannot own WHO TV and the newspapers as long as those newspapers are actually daily newspapers. So we were given this situation in which the newspapers were either going to be published only three days a week or we had to find a buyer for them. And I know you're in the midst of it. I was in the midst of it. It was very scary. We care so much about the Dayton Daily News, and about this community and what this newspaper means to the community. And we were all so worried that wasn't going to work out. But thank goodness it did. Cox Enterprises, now we're back to the beginning. (laughs) (laughs) The original owners. OG. Yeah, the original OG, yeah. Stepped in and said, you know, 
actually we want the newspapers as of march 1st we will be back in the cox enterprises family and the newspapers will be a separate company from cox media group from who tv or the cox media group radio stations and we'll be off to a brave new world but we're super excited i know why i'm excited why are you excited about it it's so funny because Truly, I believe in the power of a converged organization that different kinds of people and different kinds of skills coming together can create something that is better than the individual things. And I believe we really did that during that time. It's hard to leave that behind in one way, but in another way. It's actually really exciting to go back to our roots in a way and to go back to a newspaper and focus on that. What does the newspaper really do? What does it really mean? And I believe what it really means is community. It is here for the local community to make the community better through local journalism. What are your hopes for Dayton? I love Dayton. I really do. It's a special place. I think it does have this spirit of innovation, of overcoming things. That spirit goes all the way back to literally the Wright brothers and things like that. But also our own founder, Governor Cox, he was in the midst of all of that. That spirit is alive and well here. And yet... I don't think we're tapped in enough to it as a community. Right. I hear people say things like, well, we're not going to get young people to come live here and stuff like that. And I'm just like, what are you talking about? (laughs) I will say when I interviewed for my job here in Dayton, there was someone in the room in one of the interviews and they said, why would you want to come to Dayton, Ohio? And they said it in this way that really was almost like a turnoff, you know? And I said, I think the Midwest is a really cool place. I really do. My hope for Dayton, I really hope that we can find that spirit, this community spirit, and we can use that and believe in it. That's what I really wish, that we would start believing in what we have here. It's not perfect. But what we need is to use that spirit of innovation, of overcoming to improve the problems. I also hope as a community that we can be honest with ourselves about what the problems are. That is another thing that I have experienced here. So there are some people that just want to trash the community and say, oh, we're not this, we're not Columbus, we're not whatever. Or why would you come here? Why would you come here? mm -hmm. But then on the other hand, there are people who are just like, oh, that's not actually a problem here. No, it is a problem here. We have problems here that we have to fix if we're going to ever be all we can be as a community. That divide that that river causes. Yeah. It's a lot of divides like that. Like people don't see the thing from other people's point of view. Right. It might be okay for you, but other people may not be. Right. <laughs> in that exactly. Same situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why'd you get into journalism in the first place? I didn't intend to get into journalism, actually. Do you already know this story? No. Okay. Well, people don't know the story. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, originally, I was going to be a pop star. Oh, I do know this story. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, when I was in high school, I really loved to write songs, and I played the piano, and I would go around and give concerts and with my songs and stuff. And I, Like in I, front of people? In front of real people. Yeah, yeah. That's what I wanted to do. I went to college. It just didn't 
feel like it wasn't what I thought it was. And I didn't feel like I was as good at that as I wanted to be. And I just started looking for other things to do. And I tried a whole lot of them before I landed on journalism. What else did you try? Well, I was pre-law for a little while. I was like psychology for a little while. I was in the business school. I was going to do marketing and I was just a bunch of different stuff. But then when I got into the entry level journalism class, which was was a newspaper class at the time. Oh, my God, I fell in love. I just knew this was what I wanted to do graduated with a degree in journalism and business. And then the rest is history. What was it about it that kind of grabbed you? I did like to write. I actually loved to write. So that was part of it. I loved telling the story of what the college community was. I also loved being in the media and knowing what was going on and feeling like you really, you knew the inside story of what was really going on. I always tell kids you have to be very nosy. Oh, yeah. I've always been a very curious person for sure. So um, I think that's also what I loved about it. Yeah. And be like, I want to be the first person to tell everybody. Yeah. I'm like a little gossiper a little bit. <laughs> uh, don't call it gossip. <laughs> it's news. <laughs> it's news. That's right. Well, that's what news is important gossip, right? <laughs> right, right. Gossip with facts. Exactly. Facts. Yeah. <laughs> People could probably tell us a little accent, right? You're from Texas. I am from Texas. I mean, I don't really think I have much of an accent anymore. No, you have an accent. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's nothing like It's not like, hey, y'all. It's nothing like what it used to be. So I grew up in Texas. I grew up on the coast of Texas, south of Houston. People think Houston's on the coast, but actually there's, you know. A real coast. Yeah. (laughs) I lived in Texas until I was 36 years old and moved to Dayton. I've been here for 19 years and I love, love Ohio and love Dayton. You said the coast of Texas. Were you like a surfer? Or I don't know how, I don't know what the coast of Texas is I mean, we went to the beach a lot, but, you know, we just swam and laid around in the sun and stuff like that. So how'd you get to Dayton? I worked for the Waco Tribune Herald, which was a newspaper in Waco, and it was owned by Cox at the time. And I went to a Cox Features Editors Conference in Austin, and Ron Rollins was there. And you know Ron Rollins. Mm -hmm. I was just really struck by the way he talked about Dayton. I was struck by Ron, too. I thought, you know, hey, this sounds like a community that I could live in. It sounds like the kind of place where I would feel comfortable. And I was going through you know, some personal things in my life. At that time, I was getting divorced. So I wanted to start a new life. But I had two little children. And I couldn't imagine myself living in Houston or Dallas or Austin because they felt unlivable to me. They were just these giant cities where you spent all your time traveling from one place to the other. And I wanted to be close to my kids' school and close to my kids' daycare. A little time went on. I saw that there was an an opening in Dayton for a features editor, which was the job I had in Waco. Called Ron and he was like, yes, yeah, send your stuff. I did. I came up for an interview and I just really loved this place. And I guess they liked me. So mm-hmm. um, they hired me and I came up. Did you ever think you were going to be publisher of something? Or? No. Because you, you really kind of worked your way up there. I've done everything. Started out as a reporter at a little paper on the coast of Texas. And then I went to Waco as like the equivalent of like a neighbor's reporter. And then I covered Waco City City Hall. Then I became the business editor and then the neighbor's editor and then the assistant city editor. And then I worked at night and Worked with the police reporter and all that kind of stuff. And then... So you really did bounce all around. I really have had pretty much every job, or not every job, but I've been responsible at some point for every part of 
the news operation. And then at CMGO, I've had a lot of responsibility for just kind of the thinking about what direction does the business need to go? So what's that kind of business strategy? When you're in college, you don't think those jobs are out there. Like, no, you don't think I'm going to be the business part of it, too. <laughs> you think I'm going to write, right? Or I'm no, well, exactly. I mean, I remember when I applied for my job in Waco, applied to be this like sort of regional reporter. The editor asked me, well, do you think you would want to have my job someday? And I said, no, (laughs) no, I would never want your job. I really wanted to write. I mean, that's what I wanted to do. But I've loved every opportunity that I've gotten. And it's taught me something different about the business, about the world and about myself. I'm looking forward to this next challenge, too. A lot of people, especially with everything going on in the world, are worried about journalism. Where do you think it's going? Which is a so, weird question to ask. No, but. it's not. Popping in real quick to remind you that you are listening to the What Had Happened Was podcast. And I'm Amelia Robinson from the Dayton Daily News and Dayton.com. This just happens to be the first episode I partially edited and recorded in the DATV studios. Did you know that DATV provides equipment and training so that you can create your very own podcast and TV programs? Well, it's true. Wouldn't make it up. The first step is to become a member. Visit DATV.org to learn more. Now back to my chat with Jana. I believe that that journalism is alive and well and that there is always going to be a need for journalists, people who tell the stories of their communities. I think it may change from a written story to a podcast to other ways of engaging people and telling that story. But people have been telling stories about their communities since before people could read and write. Right. This is part of what it means to be human, to tell what's going on around you. So I don't believe that journalism in that very, very broad sense is at risk in any way. What I'm worried about is whether anyone will pay you right. to do the journalism. <laughs> right. That's really about the business model of the businesses that are out. It is truly in a revolution here at the Dayton Daily News. We get more of our revenue now from circulation than we do from advertising. And that's a complete flip-flop from where it was 10 years ago. And that trend is just going to keep going. Now, you know, I mean, I actually think that's actually really good because these are people who really, really love this newspaper and they love it so much they'll buy it. Other kinds of media will wish they had those kinds of customers, you know. There's a lot of change happening in this business. And I think what is really at risk is the business model. And I think we're going to have to turn more and more to the community. If a community really wants a newspaper, really wants to have it, they're going to have to support it. Right. It's almost like a public radio sort of model that you want your readers to feel a part of it. They're subscribers. They're part of it. They make this thing go. Right. And that also is on us then to pay a lot more attention to what they want. We really need to meet their needs and we need to give them excellent service as well. Last year was pretty horrible for Dayton. It was. Um, Knowing that you're in control of the ship. I don't know what I'm going to say here. You're the person (laughs) (laughs) in control of not only the newspaper, but the TV stations and the radio station. What was that like for you as we're telling these stories? Of destruction and tornadoes and shootings and clan rallies and all of it. You know, I think part of what was so good about Convergence and what I did in 
joy about that time was thinking about all the ways that we could tell that story because we had all these different media outlets. You could tell that story in video. You could tell that story in audio. You could tell it in every kind of way. And there were so many, there are so many talented journalists in each one of those areas that put their heart and soul into the coverage of it. And I do think that that's part of what's kind of sad about leaving the convergence behind is when we came together to do something, we were amazing. And I do believe that Cox Media Group Ohio was an amazing community partner last year as we covered these tragedies in our community. How did we cover it? I think it started with being right there when it was happening. You know more than anyone else because you live in the Oregon district. We were right there during the tornadoes, the Klan route. I mean, we were there when it was happening. But the thing that I really raised our coverage was that we also went really deep into the impact of these things. And we investigated Things that were going on, whether it was the tornadoes, the shooting. I mean, we're still fighting for public records related to the shooter in the Oregon district. We really dug in to determine what was the long-term impact going to be to our community? How did these things happen? Could anything have happened differently to have made it any better for the community? And then I also think that we were able to tell individual stories. And I know, again, you were involved in like the storytelling stations, but that was a really unique thing that we had never done before. And it allowed people to tell their own stories in their own words. It was a service to the community, I think. Our goal, in fact, was to literally help people heal. Right. Because telling stories is a way of healing. So those are some of the things I think that we did that really went beyond just the who, what, where of what happened, you know. Yeah, I think that was an advantage we clearly had over our friends in national media. First of all, we're from the community, so we (laughs) have vested interest in it. We're going to get deeper because we're from here. Right. And we also know how to throw our trash away. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they got in trouble in the Oregon district for not throwing trash away. have an alter ego that I don't think a lot of people know about. <laughs> you have a hobby, don't you? I do. <laughs> it's really not a hobby. It's a way of life. <laughs> yeah, I love to make things. You call it a crafter. You can call it a sewer because I mostly like to sew. But it's just making. It's just this. I feel this need often to like just get out some fabric and some scissors and stuff or get out some paper and scissors and I just really really love to make things with my hands and I do have a little business so to speak yeah well it's a business it is actually a business yeah called handy jan and handy jan makes all kinds of silly things funny tea towels and things that no one actually really needs but you know (laughs) but you just want them they give me joy you know that it just brings me joy to make things was your mother a maker too or your father so that's funny My mother, she made all her clothes growing up, and my mother was really very good, but she hated it. Oh, really? Yeah, it's funny. She did it because we couldn't go buy things. We didn't have the money to buy things. And so she would make a lot of things. She made stuff all throughout the house, but it wasn't from this place of joy that I have. But my mother taught me how to sew, and I have told her over and over again how grateful I am that she taught me how to sew. I mean, I love... That is my perfect day 
is a Saturday at home, sitting in my basement at the sewing machine, listening to an audiobook and just making things. That's my joy. My mother didn't really love it. She did it because she had to had to sort of yeah my father's not particularly handy or crafty but in his own way he has that kind of a mind it's just that he doesn't apply it to like a craft or handmade stuff or anything like that he worked at schools and stuff both my parents were teachers he applied his kind of creativity in a different way in a classroom like helping yeah. kids out or yeah, whatever yeah. Like that. my father still is very he's just very driven to help people they live in waco they do a lot with the immigrant community there, trying to help people kind of acclimate to to the united states and the life different wow. kind of life they really get a lot of joy out of helping people yeah that's cool yeah i bet they were thrilled when you became a journalist because that's serving community well, they certainly weren't thrilled when I was going to be a pop star. <laughs> and so journalist was better than that. <laughs> but like all parents, they were always worried, like, you know, are you going to be able to eat? You know? <laughs> and somehow I've made it. I've been OK. I've been able to eat all this time. So, <laughs> well, Claudia, well, hey, thanks for coming in here. Thank you, Amelia. This was really fun. I told you Jenna and I had a good time. Watch for all the awesome things we're going to be doing in the Dayton Daily News and on Dayton.com, of course. The What It Happened Was podcast is written, edited, and produced by me, Amelia Robinson, in the DATV studios. The show's artwork is done by my good old friend, Troy Lyman of TL Creates of Columbus. And subscribe to this podcast and that newspaper while you're at it. Until next time, stay Dayton strong, and we're going to see you later, alligators. At the wild, crocodiles. Bye-bye.